0: Welcome to episode 99 of The Roger Snipes Show. The Roger Snipes Show. One of my goals is to sleep like a baby and feel like a champion during the day. One of the hacks that I have to do this is red light therapy. Now red light therapy is amazing. It helps with muscle size. Strength, endurance, speed, cognitive ability, soreness, reduce fatigue, muscle recovery, increase range of motion in the joints, knee pain, rheumatoid arthritis, increase melatonin, boost production of endogenous anti-inflammatories, increase energy, boost collagen. And that's not even the end of it. I use the Advantage 1500 by Red Light Rising and I feel like a superhero on a mission during the day and a bear on hibernation (laughs) in the evening. If you're looking to boost your overall health, then get yourself a red light therapy panel by visiting www.redlightrising.co.uk and use code SNIPES for 5% off. Wouldn't it be good to know when you're actually burning fat Without guessing and calorie counting, well there is. And it's with a device called Lumen. It's the world's first handheld portable device that actually measures your metabolism. Lumen uses a CO2 sensor and flow meter to determine the CO2 concentration in a single breath. This indicates the type of fuel you're burning, i.e. carbohydrates or fats. I use this every morning just before a fasted cardio to check whether I'm in fat-burning or carb-burning mode. This way you can plan your previous day's meal for the following day. Depending what your goals are, Lumen can keep a record of your breath intake and structure a plan for you so you can meet your goals easier. This device is revolutionary. I don't need to guess and see if it's working after. I just need to breathe in the Lumen and it tells me stop guessing and start progressing and check out Lumen now on www.lumen.me and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off Yo what's going on guys hope all is blessed and everyone is great Welcome to September We are in September Where summer is officially written off. (laughs) I think UK is a little bit delayed with that actually. You know, it's uh, approaching autumn. But we have still a few sunny spells trying to trickle in. In fact, it's almost like a heat wave. (laughs) Weird. But UK tends to do that sometimes. We have amazing sun when there isn't supposed to be sun. And when it's summertime... Uh, It's winter, (laughs) or it's a complete mix. I just thought I'd throw that in there, but I hope everybody is well. I hope um, everybody is remaining healthy and uh, away from viruses. So today's podcast is with someone who goes by the name of Katie O'Brien. Katie, she is an actor and martial artist You may recognize her from some of her movies and series like uh, Z Nation, Black Lightning, (laughs) Westworld, um, The Mandalorian and The Walking Dead. I think I tried to watch a little bit of Z Nation one time and it was pretty wild, pretty wild. A lot of killing, (laughs) a lot of zombies, um, a lot of blood. It was mad. And I watched a clip from The Walking Dead, and that was gruesome as well. But Katie herself, she's an incredible person, astonishing individual. And it was such a pleasure to sit down and have a conversation with her virtually. (laughs) I met Katie through a mutual friend. And I learned that she was going to be in London for a limited period of time before heading back to L.A. where she resides. We met up and had a training session and yeah, we really hit it off. And I learned so much about her. It was, it was cool, man. She's, she's a fascinating individual. So in today's podcast, we take a deep dive into her life journey, into how she got started in acting, and how she transitioned to where she is today. So, we not only talk about her acting career, but we we, we, we learn about what it's like to become an actor. And, you know, anyone who wants to... Take this step in their life. She gives some tips on that. Which is really cool. You know. Because you always hear about people who try and make it. You know. They go to LA. And they're living off the most basic uh, life. So that they can try and make it. And you know. Hand to mouth. As the old expression goes. They. Yeah. They live hard. They live hard. But um. Katie has been blessed where she's been able to make some real real progress during her career and we look into tips on remembering your lines (laughs) from scripts which uh, to me that's something I definitely would love to work on should I get involved in movies Um, could you imagine how much reading they have to do and then translate that into action um, and, and appear real for the viewers. When people do that, like we don't look at that. When we see a movie, we just enjoy what we see. But we don't really think about what's going on behind the scenes. It's, it's quite interesting, quite amazing in fact. Uh, so we also discuss her marriage. Um, being an, an actor and, and traveling to different destinations. You know, does it affect the marriage? Like, how does she manage um, her martial arts? You know, what she does and the different forms of martial arts there are out there. Uh, why does she choose the one that she does? Wow. I loved it. It was amazing. I, I really did enjoy this. Um, I have not interviewed an actor on the show before. So this was a very great experience. And contrary to some beliefs, uh, there are some grounded souls in respectable heights of their career that are amongst us <laughs> and Katie being one of them. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know I did. <laughs> Anyways, let's bring on Katie O'Brien. So how are you doing today, Katie? Oh, just ask a question as you're drinking. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to UK. How long have you been in UK so far?
1: Uh, what is it? It's been about a month now. A month? Yeah.
0: Okay. I think okay.
1: maybe even a little more, I don't know, but I'm, you know, I'm finally adjusted to the sleep schedule, so we're good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Like I remember the first time I got jet lag was when I went to Vegas. It was, it was a horrible feeling <laughs> because I'm used to the cold. And when I went to Vegas, it was so hot and I was jet lagged. I, I, and it was the first time I, in my life I ever experienced like a hot wind, A hot wind. Oh, yeah. Apart from passing through my backside. I mean, this blowing wind, I was like,
1: what's going on? This is hot. It's horrible, and you know, it's like you'll you'll walk out and you'll take a breath of air, and it's everything, if there was any moisture in your mouth, it's gone. And your nose, everything, you're just like, <laughs> 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 in the hot, hot air. But yeah, I can imagine that'd be even worse. When I was here, because I was in quarantine too, so it was like, I remember it was like 1.30 every day, it felt like I just got slapped in the face with, with sleep. So I would just be sitting there, and all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> One thirty, and so finally like you know one thirty would come along and I'm like trying to dodge I'm like where, where is it where's it coming from and then it would like extend to four you know but eventually got the hang of it
0: <laughs> yeah 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 that's good man that's good um so thank you very much for your time I truly appreciate it um yeah I've, I've learned about you only recently um you know movies and stuff you'd been in and kind of a big deal so thank you thank you so much I really appreciate it no I Uh, appreciate
1: you having
0: me on no it's just fun oh it's all good like I've always been intrigued and interested in actors and actresses how they get started and you know being on set and that sort of thing and um, it's just fascinating so yourself how long have you been in the movie business
1: So I moved to Hollywood about five years ago. Um, So comparatively, uh, generally a short period of time. Um, Usually people are in it, you know, for about ten years or so, and then they start to see more consistent work. Um, But technically, I mean, I I had acting classes when I was really little. Uh, I had an agency when I was really young. Did some commercials, things like that. Um, You know, local plays uh even in college I tried to dabble in some some little college films and then once I graduated and was kind of on my own I got into the local film um industry in in Indiana which is really really small uh mostly really short films or really really low budget um but once I started doing that and seeing that I could could actually do it because there was always this thing in my brain like can't this isn't a realistic job you know do something that is um once i started to gain more confidence i was like you know while i'm young enough (laughs) let me let me try to pursue this thing you know um and if it doesn't work out i can always do something else but this is it the longer i was in hollywood and the more even the more rejection or the more periods without work or anything like that where i was thinking man i have to get another job or do something else there was really nothing I could think of that I wanted to do besides this, so.
0: I've heard yeah. that it's tough. Um, and people move out to Hollywood in order to, you know, get a break as they call it. Yeah. And many of them end up being broke instead. Um, and you said you you started this from really young. You was going acting classes from, from young, is that right?
1: Yeah. Um, and it's funny because when I was a kid, I, you, you just, you're, you're pretending, you know, it's, that's all it is. And I kind of still have that mentality now, but when I was younger, I just, I didn't conceive of what I was doing. I didn't think it was acting. I didn't know any different, you know, it was just we're showing up and we're pretending to be animals today or we're showing up and we're, um, we're memorizing his words and saying them. And to me, it was just a thing I was doing, and I didn't register it as something else. As this, you know, this thing that people study forever and ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's so cool. And what age did you start? I mean, what age? I, uh,
1: my mom... Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry, no, please. <laughs> yeah, what age did you um, go to acting classes, and then actually, you know, begin acting?
1: So, uh, I mean, my mom had me signed up with an agency when I was a baby, um, but again, like if that didn't register, like those years really didn't really register. Um, I think when I really knew that it was an art form that I wanted to pursue was in high school. Uh, I started doing uh, school plays there. I helped uh, assistant direct a play. Um, I was also heavily involved in uh, the music side of things. So I was um, in the percussion department, all that. And so for a really long time, I kind of had to balance back and forth. If I wanted to do something, you know, science-based or something that was a a more sure thing, you know, I thought about doing psychology for a long stable career, stable job. uh, If I wanted to go the artistic route and, you know, I got into college and I was like, no, I'm going to go the stable route. So I actually, yeah, i majored in psychology um i wound up being a police officer in college which was a wild program oh. um and yeah yeah uh really really weird program they had there and then after college i was like okay well i can either go back and get my phd um or i can take a break for a second and really think things through and um so i did take a break from school for a while and really, really thought about what I wanted in my life. And that's when I really started to focus on acting. Um, I started taking acting classes, uh, started reading every book I could <laughs> on, you know, methods and theories and, and things like that. and, and Just history, yeah, memoirs written by other actors. Um, so things like that, and then really started to delve into the business side of things too. And so I would say, and when I was like 25 to 26 was when I really took it seriously started pursuing it.
0: Amazing, amazing. So you'd taken acting classes. I remember I read a book by, I can't remember who it was now. It was, it's a famous actor, um, Matthew, what's his surname? Um, McConaughey, Matthew McC-
1: McConaughey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And when he pursued his career, that wasn't the first choice. It came at a later time. Um, I think part of the story was people, people had mentioned to him that he was a great storyteller. And that kind of almost like you know, planted the seed to, for him to think about, maybe I am a good storyteller you know, and that, you know, pushed him in that sort of direction or helped to shepherd him in that direction. And he, um, yeah, so he was a natural storyteller. But as things started to become successful, it's only then that he decided, actually, I think I should maybe do some acting classes to make sure that I make uh, great progress from this. And it was not until he started acting classes that he realized that it wasn't as organic as he was originally when he just went into it straight away. Almost like, as you were saying about just seeing it as, you know, just playing around when you was a kid, you know, just it let's uh, pretend we're an animal and stuff like that. Whereas the moment he really started, okay, let's take this serious. It almost took away that slight authenticity and, um, did you feel as though because you started early, you already had a nice foundation as a kid, um, that you had your own character and you wasn't wasn't just taking on a rigid structure of classes? Do you think that might have helped you a bit? The fact that you kind of was already involved from a young age, or do you think? The yeah, class was I really do. Right? Uh, hmm. No, I mean you know.
1: They say that you can you can go to classes, you can read all these books and learn as much as you can, but really hands-on experience, practical experience is where you kind of find yourself, you know. It, it, that's how I feel with, with a lot of things. You know, if you were gonna sit me down in, in a classroom and teach me, and I bring a lot of things back to martial arts, right? But teach me a martial art in a classroom, that's great and all, but can I actually defend myself in a sparring situation or in, in a real life situation? It's a totally different application. Um, because there's so many other factors at play. So yeah, I it's funny because a lot of those acting classes that people um, you know swear to are trying to teach you how to get out of your head and stop thinking about the formula and stop thinking about um, this is the only way to do things and to start thinking about how it's like to be a kid again like make believe this is feel like this is the real world, but it's not you know. Um, And I think, yeah, if you learn it as a kid, or if you have that experience as a kid, you just, you get practice performing, you get practice uh, learning how to be a different character or finding yourself in a character, Um, knowing what it's like to just let go and not worry about uh, people judging you all the time. Um, That's the kind of thing that I feel like is lost a lot of times once we, once we grow up and, and start worrying about what everyone's thinking and am i good enough am i whatever and i've i've certainly had that (laughs) that block and still do sometimes of course right
0: right and that's yeah that's another interesting thing i I often think to myself there's times i I watch a movie and i'm really enjoying the movie and then all of a sudden i'll just get a moment i don't know if it's an epiphany moment but i'm enjoying the movie and then afterward like A moment happens where I'm like, damn, why am I enjoying this so much? Like, why am I so captivated? And then I'll take a step back and I'll say, this actor is amazing. And then, you know, I I realize that it's not real life. It is acting. And when you see things like, you know, I don't know, just dramatic expressions on a person's face. And when you see tears run down their face, you're like. It's not even real, but it looks so real. You get drawn in by the character and it makes me question like, wow, how does a person do that? How does a person get so involved, so ingrained in the character that is so, so believable? It doesn't, they call it acting, but it doesn't seem like acting. It seems like they've really embodied the character. How, how does that work? How, how do people become so great?
1: I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's different for everybody. Um, in in things that they draw from, experiences they draw from, feelings um, that they might have, uh, research, all that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's different for everybody. Um, you know, I mean for me, I'm very fortunate to have had a lot of life experience um, so that honestly I can vividly remember certain moments that I've had and sometimes if I'm if I'm having a particularly uh, stressful moment or emotional moment or... Um, I'm really confused about something or the way I'm feeling, I really sit there and I I sit in it for a second and I think about it. I don't want it to go away right away. You know, like, oh, I'm feeling mad. I want it to go away. I'm like, no, I need to think about that and just like, and feel it for a moment. Just let yourself feel. Um, Because that's just an experience that uh, in a way I want to document for starters. But I also think, you know, you want to make sure that those emotions are valid that your thoughts are valid everything like that you want to have shame in them and put in and toss them aside. so um i think a lot of it is is life experience uh being able to understand how people think feel uh behave in certain situations a lot of it is understanding how storytelling works you know like i I'm a character, I have wants and needs, and I'm going to do them the way that this character would. And you're a character who might have other wants and needs or trying to get something from each other. I'm trying to get something from you, you know? So there's like, there's this constant, it's like just a normal conversation, you know? Like Mm -hmm. any conversation you have, like right now, if I were just gonna sit here and not say anything, you're asking me questions, I'm giving you one word answers you're going to try to do something naturally Mm -hmm. to get more out of me. Right. Mm. Um, And, and so we all behave in a certain way. And it's just kind of like really being observant, understanding that really understanding yourself, being introspective, understanding how um, your emotions come into play. And, and um, there's a lot, there's a lot of things to it. And that's, again, that's where acting classes can help too. If somebody just doesn't really doesn't understand how to get to that point Um, or to uh feel confident enough to portray what they naturally feel um it's where a lot of ways that classes can come into play too so um, or certain methods you know if you want to um or techniques or or whatever if you want to um, start subscribing to one you know that's that's a way to do it
0: yeah yeah love it love it i i often think to myself how how do people get into a particular character or a a particular emotion which might be quite sensitive to them is it possible or is is it something that actors normally kind of avoid if they're like oh yeah that particular type of emotion uh, that doesn't work with me we're going to have to change the script (laughs) you know because you've got some people who might have gone through certain traumas in their life and it's something that they're dealing with so to get in that particular character, that could be quite difficult. Um, does that happen with people? Um, or is it something that they get over? Like, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that with with anybody, you know, um, everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people can carry some trauma in their lives and um, can be avoided in situations that might spark that trauma. Um, and, you know, of course, as an actor, uh, you're asked to sometimes be extremely vulnerable in situations that you might not be comfortable with, and um, I think that's a, a personal choice. You know, if if it's something that you've worked on and and you can handle, um, and you know how to access that without uh, without causing you know further distress, then you know that's that's up to you to go for it or not. Uh, but if there's if there's a particular situation that you don't feel comfortable with and and you know that it's not going to be mentally healthy for you to do then maybe you shouldn't do it because what that's going to do is like you know I've, I've worked scenes before where um you know it just uh i had a you know a, a thing in the past that happened um this particular scene reminded me of it and you know as i'm rolling i feel like it, i was really in in the moment and you know am like Kind of crying That's the big thing everyone's like oh okay you can cry on cue that's a huge whatever it's you know some people can just do it and there's no emotion behind it but but i was like genuinely was like i was feeling it in the moment and um and then they call cut and i'm like i gotta walk away because i couldn't i couldn't stop um now i was able to like you know uh i feel like i'm really good at uh calming myself down and and talking myself through things um and so I was very much able to do that. Uh, and I wasn't like in hysterics, like, you know, throwing things or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, not falling off. But, um, you know, I just did need a moment to myself. And there's, there's certain things I'm sure that, that people respond to that they might not be able to recover from as quickly. And then that kind of um, puts a lot of added stress on everybody. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a personal choice, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, what type of roles would you uh, typically audition for you just go for anything whatever your agent says okay we need you to do this or is it a case of you sit down and you talk through stuff how, how does it all work what yeah what's what's your what's your do you have a particular uh, area of uh genre of movies um that you go for
1: Well, yeah, so it's, um, a lot of times how it works at at my level uh, is like, you know, everyone's, you got a headshot. Uh, You send that into casting. Um, You know, my manager agent, they'll look at uh, a list of breakdowns, which comes from casting. Uh, And it'll say, you know, we're, we're female 25 to 30, you know, whatever, in a description of that person, silly or strong or what, you know, and my agent will be like, Oh, Katie fits that really well. Pop, pop. And they'll submit me for that. So my headshot, my resume, my real, um, probably right off the bat, just my headshot goes to casting. And they're like, Nope, 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 not the right look. So a lot of times it's like just your look and your headshot, the quality of your headshot can kind of determine what auditions you even get brought in for.
0: Right. headshot Um, okay which is kind of wild that that is yeah
1: so I mean (laughs) yeah Uh, a lot of the time it's just that I I get auditions for police military um you know the tough the tough girl whatever and a lot of my martial arts background and police background all of that I'm sure come into play too um a lot of bad guy auditions um (laughs) like villains whatever um and then every now and then I'll get something that is, that breaks the mold a little bit. And I'm just like, I'm, it's a breath of fresh air because I get to exercise something different. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of right now uh, a game of, uh, I'm in this type, this, this category of like the fighter, the badass, something, whatever. Um, and then as my work is more received or well-known uh, and some of my parts get to be varied a little bit Um, I think it'll show a little bit more range and then I might be able to be called in for for other things but in my body type my look alone I'm probably not gonna wind up you know in your a a rom-com anytime soon you know (laughs) or uh, uh, I'm probably not gonna be like your your damsel in distress character which I think is kind of dying anyway Um, yeah I'm a little limited but I'm good at what what I look like I'm good at. So that helps. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what um you've done some series as well on Netflix, isn't it?
1: Uh which, which one?
0: I don't know. Like there's there's things that you've done on there, um Z Nation or something. Is that one?
1: Well yeah. So um so it's funny because our channels are different um in the US and then here. So Z Nation originally was on sci-fi. Oh. Um, which is a, a network that we have in the US that so isn't here. I can't remember what it was on here. Um, but then everybody knows it because of Netflix, right? Because Netflix kind of, and you know, I can't tell you, hey, tune in sci-fi, because you'll be like, I there's no sci-fi, it doesn't exist. you know. Um, Netflix really has come along and it's a lot of TV shows that people might not have seen, they get to see it. so. Uh, originally it was on sci-fi, Netflix picked it up just as reruns and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's a little, it's a zombie show called Z Nation. It's, um, it's, I like to think of it as kind of like, it has serious moments for sure, but it's like not taking the apocalypse too seriously. Um, you know, there's, there's zombies that were, uh, people that died on a weed farm. And so now they're like stoner zombies, you know, it's, it's silly. Um, but it really has its moments of, of being really genuine and serious and, and sweet. And it's just a really unique, weird, weird show, mm. um, really low budget. I mean, um, shot almost exclusively outside. So we didn't have to mess with like a bunch of big lights, studio lighting, all that stuff. It saves time. We would shoot an episode in like five days. Um, mm. it was, it was wild, but that was my first series regular, which means, um, you know, I mean, like every episode uh that was in season five so like the last season that's when I showed up um and that was the first time that I really got to take a bite into a character you know really uh dive into this person uh create a personality um play around with it I mean it, yeah it was a lot of fun
0: mm. do you find that people on your social media refer to you as a particular character they, they might not even call you by your name, but they always like, yeah, you've you done this and you know, whatever, like. It's like, for instance, Sylvester Stallone, people call him Rocky or whatever. Do you, do you find that people might call you a particular character and just see you as that person, that, you know, badass <laughs> type of person?
1: Yeah, all the time. It's really funny. Um, yeah, so my character on Z Nation was George it was like a play on George Washington long story okay. but uh yeah so I get a lot of hey George what's up what you know um I have uh I just did a thing for um for a show my my name was officer Barnes and it was just a guest star it was one episode but you know it was kind of centered around uh, a little bit around this storyline through my character and uh yeah and and just that people call me officer Barnes like yeah they you know my name's right there on any of my social media for anyone to call it you know call me my actual name but yeah they just like to do that it's it's fun and it's fun for me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that is funny that is funny even i get people message me and they ask me my name like what's your name i'm thinking wow right
1: there you're (laughs) very
0: strange (laughs) um I've heard that like in the, in the whole movie business, sometimes you um, there's long working hours where you could be waking up crazy early, finishing stupid late. Is is that typical or is that just, I don't know, BS floating around? What, what's a typical work day when you go on set?
1: It's very common. You know, the, the crew is there every day for 14 14- plus hours because you gotta think if the actor's there hair and makeup's got to get there before the actor um and then hair and makeup has to clean the actor up you know so them wardrobe people they're there like yeah 16 18 hours a day sometimes it's it's outrageous yeah um and then the crew comes in to set everything up and get ready um and then they have to break everything down and sorry who are the
0: crew what 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 is crew what does that mean
1: yeah. So crews like basically everybody, um, you have, uh, your lighting, you've got, uh, the people that build the sets. Um, you have people that, you know, hold the camera, focus the camera. Um, there are people that, that can mark you, you know, they show you where you're standing. They put that down. So, you know, they, all of that there's, there's a huge world <laughs> behind the scenes of people that work on a film that it's not just the actors, it's not just the director. Uh, you get writers sometimes there, often there, um, script supervisor who makes sure that A, you're saying all your lines, uh, you're saying them like the right way. Um, you've got, uh, you know, if you pick up a uh, cup in one scene with one hand and put it down, you don't. I'm like I'm just gonna pick it up whatever happens happens um and uh yeah I mean it's like there's hundreds and hundreds of extra people on the set that are doing uh, a job um that isn't just you know what you see in the final product uh and then you know sometimes you'll have visual effects supervisors there to uh to you know, make sure that they're aware of any certain special effects that need to go in afterwards. Or um, you know, some sets I've seen them actually—they're like starting to like work away on it. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's a wow. huge environment. So, so everybody
0: them... does. Sorry, many of them what?
1: Oh, everyone. Yeah, it's long, long hours. It's not you know. At, I'm lucky as the actor because there are some days I've gone in and I've done an hour of work and I've left. Uh, but then there are some days, you know, um, I might get picked up at 5 a.m. and not get home until 9. Um, that's just that's how it goes. <laughs>
0: right, right. Have you ever been in a situation where you've needed to just, I don't know, go in uh, on on last minute, like a last minute call uh, where, I don't know, you could be asleep and the phone rings and like, yeah, we need you on set. <laughs> Anything random like that or... Um, just, a, just a last minute, uh, I don't know, script sense, you like, we need you for this. Could you do it? You're the only person or anything like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, usually the most last minute thing is, uh, you know, I'll be set to work one day and my call time will be a couple hours earlier than they told me. So I might be out at the gym and then, like, oh, you got to come in an hour. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, running home, shower, all that. Um, so that's, that's usually the most last minute thing I, I've, uh, encountered, but I mean, man, uh, this is the end of, end of 2019 into 2020. Um, I was working three different projects and one was black lightning in Atlanta. One was, uh, Mandalorian in Los Angeles. And one was sweet girl, which came, just came out, um, in Pittsburgh. And obviously my people are trying to make sure that, you know, everyone's got my schedule. I'm like booked out for certain days on one set and, you know, open on others, uh, booked out, meaning like you can't call me in on this day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had an instance where I was on set in Los Angeles. Um, we were shooting until about midnight that night. And I got a call from my set in Georgia saying, we need Katie here tonight. And I'm like, it's 7 p.m. LA time. It's literally impossible for me to get to Atlanta, even if I hop on a flight right now, but also I'm booked out. So you knew I wasn't available. They're like, we don't care, we need you. So I wrap at midnight in Los Angeles. I hop on a flight five in the morning to get to Georgia. I get my lines, it was like anywhere from four to six pages of lines. I can't remember, but I had a lot of dialogue because it was just like, I don't know, fake science jargon I don't you know stuff like that right uh, for the superhero theme. Um, so I'm like memorizing my lines on the flight over uh I got a nap and then had to go to set and film until midnight Georgia time so there were times where stuff like that happened and you know you just sometimes you would get rewrites on the day hey here are your new sets of lines uh or the night before, or you know, just before, and just kind of, especially for TV, um, you know, that's why it's important to be able to memorize quickly, uh, because you just never know. You're just constantly rewriting.
0: Wow! Wow! Whoo! That's that's tough. To be honest with you, I'm thinking to myself just memorizing a person's name for me is difficult, (laughs) let alone a script, let alone it getting changed last minute. Oh yeah, by the way, we we ain't using that no more. Like, excuse me, (laughs) that's taken me weeks. (laughs) And I still didn't even know that fully. (laughs) How, Um, what, what would you say is something that helps you to memorize a script when you are yeah, when, you, when you're preparing for movies or series um, and and to be so in character as well. Um, but yeah, mainly memorizing, memorizing. What helps you to memorize all these scripts? Because to me, they're just words, you know? Um, yeah. How does it work?
1: Well, and I, I think, you know, there are a lot of different methods and I think that a lot of different ways work well for, you know, depending on your learning style. Um, but it's you know, when they change lines the lines day of, that's when it kind of gets even more difficult because it's like, you know, you learn a technique one way and then suddenly someone asks you to learn it a different way. It's, it's a challenge because you're always gonna go back to the lines you memorized before, you know, in your, when you're naturally performing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried a couple different methods over the years. Um, every one that I learned helps me just that much better. And then the one that I've most recently subscribed to that helps me the most is called the Memory Palace. Um, so it's like, uh, you know, you picture an um, area that you know really well. So uh, the example that I like to give usually is like your your house, you know, um, and you start, let's say in your driveway. Um, and if we're talking about like to be or not to be, right? Uh, so you picture yourself in your driveway and then you picture, uh, I mean, there are two cars. So you're, you're like two, okay, two. And then you see, uh, you, you pick a bee's nest, right? You're like two bee, or there could just be two bees there, you know, however it works for you. And then you start to walk and then you look over and it's like maybe the bees nest with like a, you know, cross out of it, like crossed out. So it's like to be or not to be. you know so you right. you like you do it kind of word by word or um, you know phrase by phrase, whatever is easier for you, but you're putting pictures to it. And um, in co- cognitive psychology they generally show that if you can if you can picture things uh, because we're very visual learners generally, uh, that that's that's one of the best ways to memorize so. For me, if I'm really, really struggling with some lines uh, and I have to learn them very quickly, very quick is the key here, um, I'll use that. Uh, there's also, you know, some people love to, uh, it's like you write down the first letter of each word. Um, you write it down, you keep the punctuation in, all that. And that helps them memorize it very quickly because they they're just thinking the letter, you know? And a lot of times it's something that's really written well. uh, It might have some oration that can help you. Um, It might have a a pattern that helps you. Um, Usually when we speak, uh, we're thinking like procedural, you know, your your lawyer drama, something like that, medical drama. Um, They'll say things like, if we are doing this, then we'll do this because we'll do it, you know, and that's how it's written generally. So you just get that pattern down too. Um, but the one piece of advice that I, I'll tell you know anybody is just make sure that you memorize it right the first time. You know, okay. read it through, don't memorize it before you're ready. Memorize it correctly the first time. Cause the second you you add a word that doesn't belong there or you switch a word, that's kind of what your brain's gonna keep going to. And you might find that when you start to freeze up on your lines, choke on your lines, it's that word that you you memorized incorrectly the first time that just messes with you
0: the whole time. Damn. That's interesting. Um, it kind of reminded me when, um, I, I have a book which is out called uh, Your Mind Builds Your Body. And when I was suggested to, to do the audio book, I, I, I just, although I was reading it, my own words, I, I just changed it in my head. And I kept getting it wrong because my brain was like, no, we prefer it this way. I just kept messing it up. And the, the audio people were like, yeah, you've added an extra word. If you could just remove that, then it would be great. <laughs> I, I was like, do you know what? I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, look, I've got too many things going on. And if you're going to be concerned about a single word, let's forget it. So I ended up getting someone yeah. else to do the audio part, which was <laughs> very, really bad, really bad. I'll probably, you know, uh, do that at a later time. But um, I see yeah. what you mean. It makes, makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you're married. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So you, you're married to a, a lady called, is it Kylie? Her name's Kylie. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been married?
1: We've only been married uh, for a year and one month and seven days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could you break down the hours and the minutes? Yeah, uh,
1: because time am different. <laughs> it would take, me, take me the rest of the interview.
0: <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, like whilst you are um, away. Let's say for instance, times when you are recording as well, you know, like when you're doing the series or let's say you're doing a movie, um, you're probably away, are you away for an extended period period of time normally when you, let's say when you're recording?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when I did Z Nation, I was away for about five months or so. Um, the whole time I had very few breaks where I could actually go home. Um, and because of the nature of my wife's work, it's also difficult her to come out and and visit me because she's working constantly um and then black lightning was kind of the same way i had more trips back to los angeles which was great but it was a lot of time away from home um so yeah i mean it's funny because los angeles when we think of la we think of hollywood we think that's where all the films are and a lot of stuff is still filmed out there but i i so often been called out of la to, to go to work
0: (laughs) so right right and and how does um how does Kylie work around this is she normally okay like do you both really miss each other at that time or I don't know you do lots of video calls and stuff if she can't come out
1: yeah yeah I mean we try to uh you know every night try to give a call Mm. um you know this month's been kind of weird because of everyone else's schedules but we have one day a week where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. So we have like, you know, a four hour nerd fest. Um, and every now and then, you know, if, if both of us are free, we'll do like a date night zoom thing. We haven't really done that, uh, this trip because the time difference. is just so ridiculous, but, um, yeah, you know, you try to, it's like one of my friends suggested it, and it's it's pretty fun. But you try to order the same food or get you know make the same food, something like that. Watch the same movie together, and it it's as close to being there as you can be. Um, but I mean, you know, it kind of it gets easier every time, but harder every time because you're more confident in your relationship in one way. So it's it's a little easier. You're not really like, oh, what you know, who's she hanging out with, you know, uh, <laughs> any of that stuff. But um, You know, it's still a long time away and and a a distance away. And, you know, right now we're playing back and forth as to whether uh, she might have to go to Puerto Rico for her job, which is why she's not here in the first place. Um, And then, you know, if she's not, then will she come out here? Then what will we do with our cat? Uh, The cat I really miss. (laughs) Um, I used to not be a cat. and Now I'm like obsessed with this cat that I have. She's like, I'd wake up with her every morning just curled up all over my face. Um, your baby. So, you know, and yeah, she's my baby and she doesn't understand why I'm gone. You know, she thinks I abandoned her and it's just heartbreaking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's sweet, that's sweet. Um, there's so much acceptance now with um, with gay marriages, uh, probably more so than transsexuals. I've heard some horrific stories with transsexuals to be honest. How was it, um, I don't know, speaking to your your mum and dad, um, saying, hey, I'm gay. <laughs> was it a big deal yeah. or was it, you know, just just natural? How was it for you? Because a lot of people, it's, it's a massive deal. As you probably know by now, the way to optimal health and fitness is through your gut. It's not what you eat, but it's what you digest that counts. Sometimes the body doesn't make enough digestive enzymes This can slow the digestion process and lead to parasites and a whole host of issues. This is why I use Maszymes. If I eat a steak or a huge plate of food, the last thing I want is for the food to ferment in my gut, increasing my likeliness of pathogens. Because of the aided digestion, Maszymes can promote brain health and increased energy too. It breaks down fats, starches, and sugars, as well as proteins. For the ultimate digestive enzyme, reach for Masszymes. Check out bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. That website link again is bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off.
1: Yeah, I know. I, you know, the thing is, I always knew that my parents would be chill with it, but I, I don't know. I was, um, I felt like I came out late, you know, I think I was like 23 or something. So I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm this like grown ass adult. They're going to be so confused. It's just, it's like weird at this point. Um, and so I think it was like my, my own insecurities that really kind of like kept me back from anything, but it's just you know one day I I was dating this girl and I was like okay well you know it's getting somewhat serious so I should just say something so it's was like it just texted my mom hey mom I've got a girlfriend now and she's like okay <laughs> you know and then and then my dad had to sit me down he's like hey maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it like obviously we we care about you we don't care about this like you know we we're always gonna love you but like I don't know your mom felt like you guys talk about everything but you just like didn't talk about this for so long and I was like I know it's yeah but but at the same time like I just I think I also just never talked about when I was dating so I just like anyone I just was like I don't want to talk about it um even when I was dating guys it was like this is no one's business (laughs) it was just it was something that I was always really private
0: that's interesting yeah so uh you you did date guys for 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 a period yeah
1: yeah um I think for the long longest time I was um I was like well I think men are pretty you know I like aesthetically I'm like yeah they're very pretty um but whenever I would go on dates or or anything I I just like never felt I didn't understand how it's supposed to feel I was like yeah, they're great. I don't feel the need to kiss this person right now. I don't feel the need to like be intimate with them. Um, and then at the same time, I think, you know, where I grew up, I just, I never met a girl that I was like head over heels for either. Um, and it wasn't until college that I saw, like, I met like the first group of women who were actually, they weren't stuck in the, I have to look this way. I have to act this way. I have to be a certain way box. Um, they were very, you know, free their own people. Um, I think it was the first time I saw a woman with short hair, like all kinds of, um, new experiences in college. And I was like, Oh my God, that girl's really pretty. It was like the first time I had that. It was like, Ooh, she's like, okay. Um, and so, so it was kind of baby steps for me just like exploring that. And then eventually I was like, uh, okay, well maybe, maybe this is actually what's supposed to happen and, uh, the first date that I had with a girl, first, uh, kiss that I had, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's how that's supposed to feel, like, this is, this is the thing, um, so then it all kind of just made sense at that point, and I was like, and it wasn't until later, I, um, I took a class, because I, I taught at UCLA, uh, taught martial arts, um, and they had us take a, a bunch of classes on sexual orientation and uh, gender and, and things like that. And um, they were talking about like there's a difference between you know being romantic, being able to be romantic with someone, because you have like asexual people, for instance, are generally able to be, uh, not generally, I don't want to generalize anybody, but oftentimes are able to be romantic with somebody, but there's not a sexual component there. And so I was like, oh, I could, I could and was romantic with these guys that I was dating, like the, like dating them was fun, I guess, but there was no sexual uh, attraction there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's interesting. to like you, the more I learn about uh, all of this, you know, as I feel like even still life, you're just constantly learning, um, you know, the more I kind of understand myself.
0: Yeah. I, I find I find it fascinating, especially you know, if if you're <laughs> you try one, you're like, do you know what, this doesn't seem right. I often question how how do you know, like when you meet someone. I mean, there's no labels to say, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm gay, I'm gay too. I often get guys message me all the time um, asking me if I'm single, and I'm like, dude, I'm not gay. And then it made me think. How do they know? How do you guys like, you know, how do you figure it out? Like, you got a gay look about you. Like, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> you know.
1: No. Uh, yeah. yeah I, know. I mean, sometimes you don't necessarily all the time. Uh there's this whole thing in in um in like the lesbian community of the invisible femme, right? Because uh women who are are very, very feminine. Um, you know, they get their nails done, they got all the makeup on the hair, like the dress is beautiful, like that. A lot of times, you know, someone might look at them and be like, "Well, they're obviously not gay," um, and then and they get ignored because of that. And they're like, "But I want, I want a girlfriend," <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so that's like a whole, it's like a whole conflict, a whole uh whole thing. But then you know, in, in TV representation, they're they're the gay person that you see. You know, it's usually like a very feminine. Uh, beautiful lesbian and then her beautiful lesbian wife and then if you see someone that like me I'm like the stereotype in the background I'm like you know wearing a freaking button down shirt what do you call it? a flannel shirt and like I don't know have an axe or some shit like I don't, I don't know what they do but um that it's like a stereotype is is kind of like what what I look like so in terms of finding a date I generally had an easier time especially after I cut my hair like uh you know, generally have kind of a masculine posture and and stance, Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, some people wear rainbow shit. I think that's a little outdated. I think now you just go talk to someone, especially in a place like Los Angeles where uh, people are a little more um, open to understanding like, hey, this person isn't, it's not a threat that somebody is telling me that they think I'm beautiful. Um, you know, the Midwest or, or, you know, some places in the South and, you know, all over the world, really, um, it's a little more dangerous to approach someone and say, hey, I think you're really beautiful. And they might, they might feel threatened by that. Um, so in in communities like that, that's where like flagging is, um, is kind of a, a more important concept. So wearing things like, you know, a rainbow patch or there's like a whole handkerchief system um, that I don't I don't know but it's like uh, there's some communities that do that where it's like this color means you know I'm dominant or this color means I'm submissive or this color means I like this you know there's like a whole flagging thing in in some communities but
0: got your flag as well you and your wife got your flags (laughs) or it's like uh, we don't need that anymore
1: (laughs) Uh, we don't yeah we don't Um, but it's funny because you know like if you have a handkerchief and you know it's there, you might be you might be clueing somebody into something you're not aware of. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: um, what about in the in the in the film industry? It Probably, I don't know. Is there any sort of discrimination there, or is just absolutely fine, or even beneficial?
1: Um, I think you know. Now again, you know, people are, they're trying to change things. Um, and some places are going a little too far, in my opinion. Uh, you know, some people now are saying, "Well, if you aren't if you aren't gay, don't audition for this gay role," um, because a lot of the time, the people that they cast for gay roles are not gay. Um, and that's great for for someone like me, who's like, I I still haven't been cast in a gay role, <laughs> um, but but i see all these straight women getting cast and um, so in one way that's great but in another way you know if you're not out to your family yet or you're not out to your friends or your community um, and you get an opportunity for an amazing part then you have to out yourself or your agent has to out you and things like that um, i you know i don't necessarily agree with um, especially when it can put your life in danger um, just based off you know where you are or um or something like that so uh yeah I mean I personally haven't felt like you know when I'm on set no one is being disrespectful to me or being weird about it um other than to say oh I know another gay person you should go hang out with them sometime. you know that kind of little (laughs) microaggressions where they don't realize that they're saying something really weird. Yeah. um <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah it's, um yeah I, I think generally it's it's good I do think that uh you know I I just feel like I'm myself but I feel like a lot of times uh I'll still get cast or typecast or thought of as um you know a super butch super like you know gruff masculine person and it's not necessarily who I feel like I am um but you still get that typecast every now and then right
0: um
1: I think that's the biggest discrimination that I'm feeling but yeah different for others Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. you do different types of martial arts as well isn't it and 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 how long have you been doing martial arts
1: I started when I was six five or six um I was bullied in school and uh, kindergarten and my dad, or no, it was first grade, first grade or kindergarten, my dad signed me up for karate. Um, we loved it. You know, It kind of became, you know, my dad, my brother, and I would go to classes together. And so it was a fun little family time. Uh, did a couple little tournaments, you know, my tiny little self, not knowing what I'm doing. It's kind of like the acting thing, you know, you're learning all this stuff, but you don't know why you're doing it. So, you know, you go into sparring and you're just doing this and it's like probably adorable, you know. I don't have footage of it, but I'm sure it was pretty hilarious. Um, and so yeah, I did that. And then uh there's a little gap where I tried some other sports, some soccer, some softball, I did track all that. Um and then once I got back, once I got into college, um my university had this phenomenal martial arts program. And that's where I just went, you know, head head on into it and uh haven't looked back since.
0: Wow. And um, what, what type of martial arts are you doing?
1: Uh, so my black belt and what I teach um, when I can teach. I haven't had much time lately, but uh, that's in a Korean martial art called Hapkido. Um, and a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh yeah, Aikido. And it's like, no, it's totally different. Hapkido. Um, it's, it's a little more... I don't want to say aggressive, but like offensive Aikido is almost strictly defensive, you know, it's responding to, uh, to a stimulus and this one, you're also, you know, you're making sure that, you know, it doesn't get to the point where you're grabbed, but if it does, then you have a response. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's a very different style. Uh, so that's the one that I've got probably the most experience in. Um, and then I've dabbled in a lot of different ones. Um, but I still actively train Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, which is fairly still fairly new to me compared to the others, but I'm like, I'm loving it. It's like uh I said I didn't want to do it for the longest time because you get so sweaty and like you're all over each other and you're like on top of each other, you're cuddle. It's basically like really aggressive cuddling. Um you're so sweaty. And so like by the end of the day, you're just covered in like. 20 other people sweat and it's just disgusting and so for the longest time i was like nope not doing it so gross and finally i started doing it it's it's really fun once you get past the smell um and, and i really feel like it's out to my game a lot other than my other martial arts because you know a lot of times you do wind up on the ground and if you don't train how to how to fight on the ground then you're kind of screwed
0: <laughs> yeah so there's different oh am i alarm? let's turn this off my bad. Um. So, uh, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu—that is—that one with lots of grappling and hugging and and that type of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, usually in in a tournament, for instance, you'll start standing up, um, do some grappling. So you know, it's in close fighting, right? So you got your your long range, which would be like our weapons. Um, you have kicking range, feet. Uh and then you've got striking range, and then you have like your, your elbow, knee, and your grappling range. So that's when you're in really close. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start standing up. Usually you're going to find a way to get them to the ground one way or another. So either you can throw them, you find a good way to throw, reap, um, get them to the ground. Or sometimes people just, if they can't do it, person's stable on their feet or your your grappling game's not so great, they'll, just, they'll do what they call it is like pull, pull into your guard. So you'll just kind of, Fall backwards and, and pull them into you. Um, so then, once you're on the ground, usually it, it'll kind of stay on the ground. There might be one person up, one person down, but usually it's um, just trying to get the best vantage point on the ground. And then, unlike wrestling, where it's um, you're trying to get a pin, uh, for this you're trying to, to tap someone out. So you're trying to get a really good joint lock or a good choke um, to the point where they're like, "No, I'm done. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to fight anymore." Um, but you know in competition you can still win on on points or something too i feel like that's probably how a lot of people win but um yeah
0: mm-hmm. what about hap hap kido you said mm-hmm. hap kido so yeah. you're your black belt in that um mm-hmm. there's there's oh, man there's so many different forms of martial arts i find the whole thing really fascinating I always question mm-hmm. how do they all come about Where, they all originate in different ways and They've all got their history behind them. And because there's so much to pick, it, it's such a big menu. Sometimes people are like, there's too many, I, I can't pick. And then they just don't end up doing it. And I, I think I'm one of those people, like I want to do martial <laughs> arts, but I just don't, I wouldn't know where to start. What made you choose Hapkido? Um,
1: so Hapkido honestly just kind of fell into my lap. I don't know that I would have necessarily sought it out um, unless that was like the, the gym closest to me, you know, um, through Indiana university, where I went to school, um, their self-defense program is linked in with their Hop Keto program. So you learn Hop Keto, and then kind of simultaneously, it's also self-defense. So that's how I got into that. Um, it was just a matter of chance. Um, and you know, I, I really liked a lot of the stuff that I learned. Uh, it's, you know, it's a style that we do. They took their throws from concepts from Judo, uh, their joint locks from Japanese Jiu Jitsu and Aikido concepts. Um, we do a little bit of weapons work that we've implemented uh, from like Filipino martial arts, um, but Hapkido has, has its own weapon system too. Um, and then uh, a lot of kicks from Taekwondo, which is another Korean style, so. Uh, you know it's kind of an eclectic martial art which I liked when I was looking through it because I did want diversity I didn't want to just you know I only learn how to throw someone or only learn how to do joint locks and then it's like okay well I can do a joint lock but how am I going to how am I going to do that you don't just walk up to someone and joint lock them you know um so yeah which would be really weird (laughs) um so I I wanted something that was uh kind of Kind of branched out and did a lot of things and my program was really receptive to you know learning as much as you could so i took jeet Kundo concepts um it took some filipino martial arts i took uh the semester of capoeira um and some judo and jujitsu and and take what works for you and then and and apply that to your style um and I, that's kind of how I, I go through my acting philosophy too is like this works for me this doesn't apply it to your style and I think uh because everyone is so different that's generally just kind of what you have to do so if you're searching for a martial art then you know you you kind of go okay you're you're a big guy so Hapkido is probably not going to be the best for you um but like boxing would be amazing uh or something like jujitsu would be great because you know, it, it really works for a big person and a small person too, for, uh, for grappling arts, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of fi- finding out, playing with things seeing like, you know, this, this is really fun. I like this style because it, it just gives me a great cardio workout or something. And I hate going on runs. So like, this is, this is the, why the reason I'm going to do this or, um, you know, for me, Muay Thai, yeah, it, it's helping increase my, my punching game, a striking game, um, dodging that kind of thing. But it's also just, um, it's like the best stress relief for me. Cause you're just sit- sitting there pounding into a bag, kind of letting out all that energy. And, and that's where I really feel the benefit from it. It's not just like all the, you know, the training aspect it's, it's the conditioning aspect that I just, I really get a lot out of. Um, so, I mean, you know, everyone's got their own reasons that, The reason there's so many martial arts styles i mean mars right mars the god of war martial arts is like the art of war essentially um a lot of these styles came from people uh either subtly having to train a military you know um for revolt rebellion uh or very prominently this is our military style um so a lot of them you know you might you might be training with sticks but when they were training, they were training with uh, farming equipment or knives or what they had, you know, mm. um, but right now safety, we're training with sticks. Uh, you know, you, when you know the history of the styles that you're training, it kind of becomes more interesting and you understand more why you do the things you do. Um, there's a really cool style called sea lot. Um, and it's really, it's a uh, Indonesian martial art and they do a lot of like three, limbs on the ground so your legs and then maybe one hand might be on the ground or maybe all four um and when you live in a really wet you know marshy environment doing a a martial art where you have to stand up the whole time you're going to slip right so that's kind of why they developed the style the way they did and if you try to um you know if you try to do jujitsu in a swamp or something you're going to drown right so um it's like they develop the styles for their environment too, environment and resource they had, um, how they can disguise it uh, as training. I mean, there's so many reasons that, that they're designed the way they are. It's just, it's really cool.
0: It's really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Learning the history and I guess it encourages you to work harder when you understand where it's all coming from and perhaps certain resources, which you have and the older generation didn't have, to make it a bit easier to learn, uh, sometimes I guess being in that in that setting makes it maybe makes it easier as well. It's like when you watch certain movies where they're training, they um, they they're, they're, they're imitating someone training for a fight, and then they go back to some old school training how it used to be done. You know, you know, like the old school movies, things like like the old Van Damme movies, like you know he's he's training in a really nice gym and he gets the shit beaten out of him and he's like okay I need to go to some friggin old place where they do it old school I don't know learn for some from some grandmaster or something like that um yeah yeah, there's a certain essence to that isn't it
1: (laughs) yeah well I feel like you know sometimes a lot of stuff gets lost in translation too and and you start to you know even in modern a lot of modern, modern martial arts you start to um, you get people that are just there to learn to fight and not not necessarily understand why they're doing what they're doing or why this movement works over this one, or you know they haven't seen some of the older fighting styles. So when they encounter that, it's like, whoa, this is counterintuitive, or this is like this is different. I don't know how to defend against this. So um, you know, there's something to be said about about going back and and learning for, from from essentially the fundamentals, you know, like this is where this came from. Let's learn the basics. Um, you know, there are things even, even in my training where, um, oh yeah, I forgot we did that back then, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was a thing that we used to do. I totally forgot about that. And then, you know, I start to work it back into my training and stuff. And um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that looks silly that we do, you know, all these like crazy flashy kicks, you know, like when are you going to land that? And then you see someone do it in, in MMA ring, cause it's just like this, it's like a uh, it kind of messes with your head a little, like your body's not supposed to move that way. I, I'm not, I'm used to just doing, you know, a hundred thousand tie kicks and this person spun in the air and did some crazy kick, you know, um, but generally those were, they're either used for deception or they're used for conditioning. You know, they're not like a lot of times, some of these kicks, are, they're not necessarily practical kicks but they're great for conditioning your legs, conditioning your strength. Um, and that's, that's how you have to kind of see training them. But, you know, sometimes you see people working into actual fights. It's kind of funny, but <laughs> it works because it's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, and it's, uh, another thing that I see, you know, in, in modern gyms too, that kind of uh, it irks me a little bit is like there's not, they don't teach a lot of the history and they don't teach a lot of, um, of respect. And it's not to say that they're disrespectful. They like, you know, they're like rude to people or anything like that. But, um, you know, when you walk into a school and you bow, right. Uh, It's not like, it's not just humbling yourself or, or, or whatever we think a bow means, um, it's essentially a way to pay respect, not only to your teacher, not only to the school, you know, like you should be grateful that you have a training environment, right? So you're showing that by bowing, you walk in, you bow, you, before you go on the mat, you bow, because you're appreciative of the environment that's been provided for you. appreciative of your instructor and of the past instructors as well that's what another thing that you think about when you are are showing respect is like so many people lived and breathed these styles so that you could have the opportunity to learn it brought it over to for instance the us or the uk so that you had the opportunity to learn it um and so you're paying respects to them and you're also respecting the people that you're training with that day because in all honesty, you know, when we walk out on the street, if someone wanted to kill you today, they could. You know, they could just come up and stab you in the throat, and you're dead. And you're like, "Why me?" No, no. You know, so you kind of like almost you just thank everybody as you walk by, thanks for not killing me. But um, you know, when you go into a gym and you're bowing to your partner, it's it's showing, you know, this is a consensual um, sparring environment. We're going to be respectful to each other. Um, we're gonna push each other. It's gonna be a good workout, but like within the bounds of this understanding, you know, we, there's there's so many reasons to bow, and like we just, I, I, it's like so many times people just don't understand that, and they just dismiss it. They're like, ah, oh, that's too formal, don't do it. And you're like, okay, but it's you know, there's so much meaning behind it that you're just ignoring because you think it's it's uh, I don't know, some outdated, way too formal, yeah, some bougie okay. thing. Yeah. I,
0: think, I think, as you mentioned earlier, certain things just get lost in translation, where people, it's like, I just want to get the outcome, I want to know how to kick ass in this style, and that is it, yeah, forget all this other faffing around, I don't need any of that, I just, I just want to know, uh, I just want to kick ass, and I want to get graded, and get these belts, and yeah, I want to be a badass um it's like yeah. uh, there's a lot of people that go to the gym they want to achieve a certain body type um for resistance training when I say gym and they are they just want to try and fast track it and they're not they're not focusing on the fundamentals you know mind body soul this so many things when it comes to developing an aesthetic physique uh, but people just want to go in there and they want to, um, they're like, okay, what, what are the exercises? All right, cool. And then the, 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 I'll get messages like, oh, I've been training for years, but I'm not getting results. It's because you're not passionate about it. You don't, you don't even understand your body. You know, they, they're just going in there just thinking if they move the weight, then they're going to change their body. But there's, there's no... There's no passion for it. There's no mind to uh, muscle connection. Um, mm-hmm. The foods which they're eating are not, that it's not only uh, low, vo- low vibration foods, they're eating garbage, but they're not even chewing their food slowly, appreciating the food that they eat. There's so much to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's so many funky different types of machines now that you have in a gym. I'm like, what the hell is that? And it's cool for isolation exercises, but we also need to remember that compound lifts are the fundamentals, you know? And many people don't even know what that is. "Ah, I ain't got time for that. I'm trying to build this particular muscle and that is it. Like, I don't need any of that. So again yeah. as as you mentioned, <laughs> lost in translation, you know, people need to you know we need to take it back, let them understand, let them learn, you know, speak to our mm-hmm. ancestors
1: <laughs> and it's, it's, you know you talk about compound lifts because those are, you know it's it's not the simplest lifts because they they do take they require your whole body like so to appropriately lift that weight if I'm doing a deadlift. I have to tighten my, I have to fix my back in the right setting. I have to have a good grip, you know, all kinds of, it, it takes a lot of mental concentration too. And especially as the weight gets heavier and you don't want to die less and less. Um, (laughs) But you know, it's, I, I got into um, figure competitions because I just wanted to look good. I was like, oh, that's great. That looks really, that looks nice. Um, That's how I want my body to look. And my first coach, he was he was nice, um, but I was like, you know, I wanna I wanna learn more about this because I don't I, I guess trust issues or something. I wanna make sure that I'm doing the right thing. So I actually like got a trainer certification, like read all these books, uh, got certified um, because I just I started to to be like, like, hmm, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. Something's not right. Uh, I wanted to learn more and more. And then I started looking at, you know, uh, I got Arnold's book, Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding, and I looked through that and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, these guys are, I mean, every day they're in here twice a day. They're doing, uh, I mean, cheering each other on. They've got this community, um, you know, giving each other shit, all of that. And, And it was like, oh, this is like, this is a community. And, you know, I found that in Indiana and that kept me going and it was, it was great. And, you know, we're sharing meal ideas so that we're not just eating boring food all the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it keeps you, it keeps you going and then you learn more and then you learn more and you learn more, you learn more about the history and you learn more about what works for different bodies and you learn more about so much. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just the more, you know the more successful I feel like you're gonna be. Um, and then, yeah, because you start to become more passionate and you start to get more into it. And you, uh, I don't want to say necessarily that you always have to live and breathe it, but, it, you know, you start to think about it in different ways. Like, oh, I'm walking, but, oh, I'm activating my glutes more. That's cool. You know, you're starting to, like, just pick up on things in your day-to-day life. You're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm, I'm using all but when I walk up stairs. This feels good, you know? Uh, yeah. Just, like, little things like that. Um, yeah and i feel like that's just you know i know that you've you're like now also really into n- nutrition and um you know i don't know uh, along the lines where you're like oh my just working out isn't doing it i gotta get into nutrition but at some point you you realize that you know um yeah i mean it's, it's i nice think the it. key to success that's is learning what you can. yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think you made an interesting point about the uh the community thing as well when you've got a community of people who i'd say of similar interest then it kind of um it can help to amplify your speed of learning when you're um when you're working on a on a craft i guess like whether it's martial arts or building your body hopefully it's the right community um yeah. but it, it, it's 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 not just the words expressed but it's the energy in the environment it's it's the the frequency of energy there you know it's like the difference between listening to music through your headphones or in your house or going to a club you know when you listen to the music and it pounds through your chest and it's you feel it you feel it you don't just hear it you feel it so when you go to the gym Um, you might be able to train at home, but like when you go to the gym, like you feel the energy, like everyone else's passion of wanting to better themselves. And and you kind of get that as well. Like, yeah, let's get this together. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, um, in, in acting, like if somebody wanted to start acting, if somebody wanted to do what you do and become a success, what would you say would be uh, a good starting point for them? if They didn't know, all right, how do I become an actor? Like, what, what do I do? Where do I start? And I think I'm cool at acting. I'm all right on YouTube mm-hmm. videos. <laughs> 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 what, what, what should they do to, um, I don't know, get their, their pool, in the, their foot in the water? Is that, is that the expression? But just get their foot in the door? Yeah. Um,
1: so bad at idioms. I was like, yeah, sure, they're falling in the water. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah' um, I'm so glad. like I always say the wrong one I don't understand them like um yeah so I think I think one of the the biggest first steps is you know research classes in your area um research the teacher because you don't want to wind up in a, in a class where the teacher is just taking your money and they don't actually know what they're talking about or doing um and sometimes reviews aren't a great resource for that kind of thing because I've noticed like man actors, in these classes, sometimes they get in these weird cult mentalities, and it's like, my teacher can do no wrong, uh, everything I learn here is correct. Even if they're not seeing any success from it, I think it's just that cognitive dissonance where I'm paying you know five hundred dollars a month for this class, so I must be learning, right? Or my teacher is telling me I'm great, so like this is a great class. So you know, I don't necessarily always look at the reviews because sometimes those can be misleading. Um, but I do look at the teacher and do, are they a working actor? um do do their clients book you know they have usually they'll have uh testimonials oh this client booked you know whatever and then you can you can look them up and okay well they booked something that wasn't real so it's like this isn't an actual project that kind of thing um and then i also like you know if you're interested in in theater you know find a good stage acting teacher um if you're interested in film, you probably should find a film acting teacher. Um, there's no harm in doing both uh, or learning both for sure. Um, but if you are really successful in theater and wanna get into film, those skills don't necessarily translate perfectly. Um, you have to really project in theater. Things are really far away. And usually you're, you have a very trained voice. Um, and when you get to TV, that seems like a bit much, you know. So you want to tone it down and you're playing to someone who's right in front of you. So you don't need to scream and you honestly don't need to enunciate too much because that's not how we talk naturally usually. Um, so there are a little, you know, there are minute differences and also understanding camera angles, where the cameras are and, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I was very fortunate that the acting coach that I found um, was a working actor. Had representation, um, knew the business side of acting very well, and was able to guide me in that. Um, if you don't find something locally now, especially with like the whole pandemic thing, a lot of acting coaches, like really well-known acting coaches, have online classes now, um, and you can learn from them online uh, about the business side of things, about um, you know working the camera. It's not as great as in person, but it's better than nothing, right? Um, so for me, I think just class is a good mentor. Something like that is always a great place to start. I got my manager through my acting teacher. Um, I took another acting class and I got my agent through that acting teacher. So, um, you know, you, you get network opportunities that way too, um, industry connections that way, uh, you know, some one of your classmates might also be, uh, you know, doing film, you know, low budget films, something like that. And they can help you get a reel together. And one of my good friends um, hasn't necessarily gotten a lot of success in booking like union projects or sag After projects, but through his acting classes, he has come out with some beautiful movies that are now going into festivals and things like that. And that's going to get him a lot of attention um, just through you know networking in his classes and, and showing up and having a good attitude and having having talent um, and continuing to grow that talent. So. And it's always the best way to start, and then from there on, you know, save your money. <laughs> have a have a, a either a job you can do uh, that's available, like so you can go to auditions, things like that. Um, or yeah, just save a lot of money because it's it's actually a really really expensive career starting off.
0: Right. Right. Okay, thanks a lot for that information for people who want to know. Um, Where can people find some of your work? Uh, Some of, you know, movies that you've been in and some of the series that you've been on, on uh, a (laughs) sci-fi or Netflix?
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny because a lot of stuff does come out on Netflix. And I think, especially over here in the UK, that's going to be the easiest answer that I can tell you. So um, yeah, Black Lightning, uh, it's a superhero show um uh that was on on rcw network that is now i think all of these are now up on netflix um so i was in season three of that uh z nation i was in season five of that that's on netflix now um just had a guest star on the rookie which was one of my favorite uh characters yet just in terms of getting the tough and vulnerable at the same time um I have no idea where that plays here. I don't know that it's on Netflix yet, but I did get a bunch of people from the UK like a couple months ago, like, "Oh, your episode just came out!" It was awesome, whatever. So I know it's here somewhere, <laughs> okay. but it's a uh, yeah, it's a show with Nathan Fillion for the rookie, um, and then yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know where everything else plays, but uh, Sweet Girl I have a small part in that. It's a Netflix movie that just came out. Um, was number one internationally for. A, few days running so uh I don't know how it's going now but congrats yeah yeah I mean I didn't do much it's Jason Momoa did it so
0: (laughs) oh right oh awesome awesome and are there any others or or that's it yeah
1: um oh yeah I mean uh Mandalorian I was on that um so that's on Disney plus um I'm sure there's tons of others that I'm forgetting about right now but uh those are the key ones and then you know, I have other projects coming out soon that I can't talk about, but uh, when I can, I will make announcements.
0: Please do, please do. I'll, I'll share it on my uh, IG story or something, cause I'm trying to keep up to date with all the stuff that you're getting involved in. Um, I love your character, you're, you're, you, you know, you've got a great personality, lots of energy. And um, I did see a clip of the Z Nation. I saw you shooting a couple of people, which was pretty wild loved it um I, I didn't know you that sort of person but um so you're on social media I know you're on Instagram do you have uh, any anything else people can follow you on yeah it- I do
1: Instagram and Twitter um I haven't gotten with the youths these days and, and done a TikTok but It's all uh, at V-K-D-O-T-H-E-K-A-T-Y-O. I also have a Facebook that I never get on uh, ever. So, I mean, if you message me there, I apologize. Uh, (laughs) So I don't like, I don't like, I don't know. The longer social media goes on, the less I want to interact with it. So I just, I'll post every now and then and then I, I try to keep up, but I just don't do well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Well, look, Katie, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, have an incredible time in UK.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a joy.
0: Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like The Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five-star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.